Hey there, you got Jeff. I've got about 15 seconds before my dog barks again, so I'll make this quick. If you're looking to connect with other customer success leaders who are trying to operationalize customer success in their companies, come over to gaingrowretain.com and join now. Hey, everybody, this is Jay Nathan, and thanks again for listening to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast by Customer Imperative. Um, special episode today, we had Steve Bernstein on the show, uh, who's the founder and CEO of the Waypoint Group, and he's talking uh, with us about NPS, and more importantly, not just NPS to survey, but the customer feedback process in general, and how to go about maximizing the value of that for your business. We firmly believe that companies excel when they listen to their customers, and there are some really awesome nuggets in this episode that are going to help you do that better. Um, so anyway, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe, refer us to a friend. Um, really appreciate you listening. Welcome to the Game Grow, Retain podcast. Let's get tactical on NPS because you, you're one of the guys that, like, I know if I have a question about how something should work on the NPS side, I'm, I'm coming to you first. So um, the, the question that we sort of, we have an opinion on, on this, uh, but, but I, I have a very strong opinion on this, but I don't want to even tell you that. I want to hear what your perspective is on just the tactical sending out of the NPS. How do you maximize your response rate to NPS? In my mind, MPS, the simplicity of it drives a high level of engagement with clients, right? One question, one follow-up question. So we always recommend you send it out as a standalone thing, but some people couple it with other questions and that kind of thing. Do you have a perspective on that? Yeah. How do you, how do you maximize this? I mean, well, first of all, I'm, I'm really glad you're focused on response rates, right? Because obviously lots of great things happen when you have good response, right? You, you can truly understand the health of the account and the contacts within them, you can truly understand the health of the segments. Um, you can slice and die. I mean, when you've got very thin data and then you're trying to slice by region or by some of the seg the third segment layer you've got on your chart, you've got all this other metadata. You can't do it, right? You just run out of data. So so you definitely need like to go for census in any particular segment. The, the, then the second thing is, interestingly, in, in B2B, I mean, um, number of questions is a factor, but a really small one in response rate. We've done okay. so many different sort of A-B tests and different approaches over the years. We've been doing this for about 20 years. Response rate for B2B is so important, but you know, if you tell them this is designed to take no more than two minutes of your time, or this is you know, three minutes of your time, be respectful. Um, that's okay, as long as you do the most important thing, right? which is what, what's in it for the customer? So most of the time, uh, two things. Um, surveys are sent out in kind of a blast. Either quarterly, maybe you split up the accounts quarterly or, you know, once a year you do this kind of big event. It's all based on you as the vendor. Like now is a good time for us to send this out. Not a good time for the customer necessarily. Right. So yeah. um, if you want to drive response rates, time it right. Right. So when's a good time? Well, right after onboarding, you want an assessment from the customer. How, you know, did, did the onboarding tee them up for success in the right way? Are they ready to start working and right, use your products and services to achieve value? Um, right. Right. You know, before renewal, three to four months before renewal, it's probably a good time to take a, a level up. You, you know, see the forest for the trees and right, those kind of things. And, and so the timing is super important. The third thing is um, what's in it for the customer. If you're just sending something that says, uh, your feedback's important to us, please fill this out, and it looks and feels like a survey, then they're, you know, you're going to get three to 5% response rate. But if, you, if you're the CSM and I, you know, I, I call up my customer and I say, you know, hey, 
Mary, I got to have, I got to know what's, what's working and not working in the account because I want to adapt your account plan and I want to make sure I'm focused on the things that matter most to you and your team. Will you participate in an assessment of your experience and relationship with us so far? I mean, how hard is that? It, <laughs> right? It's different. It's a completely different. Yeah. It's not but how do you do that at scale? How do you do it at scale though? If I have 10,000 customers, we have one client of ours that has 10,000 customers of theirs. Right. So, yeah, you know, they may talk to, you know, less than a thousand of those on an annual basis. Right. So, so your segmentation model got to have that to start, right? So first of all, if our, if our market is, you know, 20% of the accounts are driving 80% of the revenue, well, let, let, right, have that, that pyramid. We know we need some level of high touch in the top of the pyramid, some level of lighter touch in the middle and probably no human touch. It's not humanized at all. It'd be totally automated on the low end. Um, now, the commitments you make to the customer as far as how you're going to follow up, you, you know, you, you need to commit to doing something with their feedback as part of your communication and recruiting process, right? If it's just a survey, they're not going to participate. If you say, like, I need your assessment of your experience and relationship with us, and I'm committed to following up with you on any issues or concerns, right, then there's something in there for the customer, right? There's a little more with them, and they'll participate. Yep. Um, so yep. you're, you're on the high end, you can definitely commit to one-to-one follow-up. On the mid end, maybe you can follow up at the account level. On the low end, you can follow up with the segment, right? So um, yeah, a detractor, I love it. I mean, you can definitely follow up with individual detractors, right? If you're if they're important enough to ask for their feedback, then they should be important enough to follow up with, right? If you want their feedback and don't want to follow up, why are you asking in the first place? So get their feedback. And I love, love it. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. Okay, no problem. So yeah, we, if, if you're asking for their feedback, then do something, give it, you know, don't treat your customer like a lab rat, give them the reason why they should participate. And that those sort of artificial incentives, like I'm going to give you a Starbucks gift card. Those don't work. I'm sorry. We've done this a lot. We haven't found that those work, but if you do the commitment and right, like make sure that you're really using the feedback, we see response rates of 60, 80% and higher, right? I mean, and now you truly know what's going on in a segment and an account and with the sen sentiment of the contact, right? Now you have actionable data and it's just, it's just the communication strategy. So align it with your segmentation. Yeah. If it's high touch, then your communication is high touch. If it's no touch, then your communication is no touch, but the, what you're communicating is still important. Yeah. Love it, man. Um, I was talking with a billion dollar company this morning and uh, software company, and they, basically the the person we were talking with told us, you know, we do NPS, but we never see the data. I'm not sure what we do with the data. And I, I think this is, it's, a, it's such a, a common thing. Everybody thinks it's a score, right? Okay. So this is the next thing I want to pick your brain on. I always say it's not about the score. It's about the engagement process that it drives. And you have some data that shows that customers who don't respond, meaning they're not even part of the score, are three to 14 times more likely to churn, right? So talk to me about that. Like, how did, yeah. you, guys, how did you guys come up with that? You know, it's pretty interesting. It was one of the first engagements that, uh, that we or first clients we worked with um, many, many years ago. And they came to us and said, hey, we've got this incredible net promoter score. It's higher than Apple, right? I see that a lot, right? Apple's score in the book, at, right, is 71. And, you know, our score is 83. What, like, so how do we capitalize on that? And so the the first thing we started doing was just, well, how representative is the score based on, you know, on of your business or of the segment? And what we found loud and clear is it, it wasn't representative at all, right? They were looking at like 8% response rates, if I remember right. And, you know, so 8% 8, 8 is not representative, right? 8% of the revenue 
the next thing we started looking at then is, well, let's look at the accounts that are participating. And then over time, we started just tracking. We did this longitudinal study. All that's built into Topbox now. The longitudinal study, the approach to look at the sentiment of the account over time is the key thing. And yeah, we found those silent accounts, those accounts that are, are not willing to provide you with feedback are far more likely to churn, right? No surprise, right? So it caused yep. us to really rethink the approach in B2B. It's, it's not a sampling strategy, a survey strategy. It's got to be a census kind of approach. You know who the accounts and contacts are. I mean, in consumer, you got millions of customers. You're, you're not going to engage millions. But in B2B, maybe you have a thousand accounts with three to five contacts or so per account. Maybe on the higher end, you've got 10. On the lower end, you've got one or two, right? But you know, in total, maybe you got 10,000 accounts divided by 12 months, divided by n number of CSMs, divided by your segmentation strategy and how you're going to follow up with them. And it gets down to a manageable number, right? It really does, right? So, you, so if you got a thousand, a thousand accounts and you, you know, if you're going to blast out an event one off and say, let's just measure our NPS, you're going to get flooded with like detractor responses. You're not going to have any time to do any kind of recruiting, right? Calling these people to ask them to participate. It, it's just going to be a meaningless number. You get out of it what you put into it. So if you do it like on a monthly cadence and spread it out yeah. so that you can actually get something achievable, then the CSM can truly work with the sentiment in, of those contacts. They can see the silent, those people that don't buy into the what's in it for me, like, uh, okay, they're going to follow up with me. They're going to use my feedback. If they don't respond, then they, you know, it's a signal. Um, don't throw it out. Yeah. Don't throw Tell you something out. else. Yeah, it's a data point. It's, a, it's totally a data point. Yeah. So we have promoters, passives, detractors, and disengaged. And uh, right, the disengaged component tends to be far more likely to churn than any other segment, even, even the lowest scoring segments, right? So if you, or, or lowest scoring uh, accounts or contacts. So that, that silence, I always say silence is deadly. So, you know, yeah, you yeah, that's the same thing. Then you pull out the big guns, right? Um, like maybe my CEO should give them a call and peer to peer, or maybe I need to offer something more of value to them, or maybe I need to bring the sales guy in that initially sells the deal. I mean, what is it that's going to actually get them to engage? You got to figure that out. Yeah. Love it, man. So when you think about um, B2B, by the way, the, the key phrase that you just said for me, which I hope I'm, I'm going to use this if you don't mind, but it's a census strategy, not a sampling strategy. That is the key. And I'd never thought about it that way before, but that is the key. And you've got to do it yeah, like when, I, when we get, well, when we get, when we do the, the census in the United States, right? It's talked about on television. It's a campaign. It's not a, all of a sudden the census form shows up in the, in the mail, like pe half people would throw it out, right? It's actually something we hear about time and time and time and time again until we get the document and it's like, okay, I got to fill this out. We don't do that yeah. with NPS, do we? We just blast it out to your point. I know. Could you imagine if the U.S. census was based on like 8% of the population, right? Nobody would trust that number. No, why, why do they use that number? I mean, we've, we've tried to make it easy. I mean, we, we don't talk about the statistics because a lot of times, especially in, in B2B, there's so many factors, you know, looking at your segmentation model yeah. behind you, right? They're trying to figure out the one thing that's going to be the silver bullet. You can't do it. But um, like being able to really understand the health of that account and act it right at the CSM level or at the segment level, that, right? That, that's the name of the game. So we've tried to make it really easy in Topbox, our, our platform, right, to where we, we show the revenue representation, right? So if you've got 100% of revenue or, you know, $100 million in that account, how much revenue are you hearing from? What's the health of the revenue in the segment? Or how much revenue, what percentage of revenue is in the high scoring bucket, low scoring bucket, right? Mid scoring bucket and silent. I mean, how much revenue is at risk essentially? So we, we really try not to talk about the statistics because it's easy to get wrapped around the axle on that. But 
the revenue representation, like, okay, people make decisions based on 50% data. They, they do. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. But not eight, right? My hunch is going to be much stronger than an 8% of the data. My, my Perfect. Hunch. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Okay. So in B2B, one of the questions that we get a lot, and I'm almost like projecting what you're going to say here, but one of, one of the concerns we get a lot is, well, there's a lot of different stakeholders within a, a B2B organization. There's economic buyers, there's technical buyers, there's end users, there's all kinds of different types of personas that could possibly respond. Do we create an aggregate score for NPS on a per account basis? There, I mean, yeah, it's back to that Oracle <laughs> thing. Like, why would you, I mean, to get an aggregate health of the account, I guess, you know, it's somewhat important to see, you know, do we have more detractors in the account than we have promoters, for example, right? I mean, to, so yep. we do use a metric, one of the metrics, it's not one of our significant KPIs, but within Topbox, one of the metrics we report is something we call perceived NPS versus real NPS. So perceived would be the textbook definition where it's just looking at responses because that's how everybody likes to calculate it. But it, you know, the real NPS in, incorporates the non-responders into the mix. Um, but okay. the, the, so, so you do kind of want to get a sense, what, you know, how do we, what, what's the balance? But you're, uh, yeah, back to that Oracle thing, combining a decision, a set of decision makers and a set of end users, their experience and the way you go to market, looking at your segmentation model behind you, the, right, the way you go to market is, or the way you interact with those people, totally different. The experience that they have with you is totally different. So why would you combine it? Because they're two totally different things. So we do look at account level and the persona within them, right? And give the CSM the, the opportunity, the tools, right? To be able to understand really what's working and not working in the account and, and, and work on the right stuff. Um, but in the aggregate, right? You want to look at, at decision makers, for example, totally different, right? So how do we engage with decision makers over time? What's our response rate? What's our right, sentiment of that group? How does that compare with some of the other segments and the other um, you know, persona? Those are the things that are really going to make a difference. Are, are decision makers loving us more than end users, right? Why or why not? And vice versa, you can do a lot yeah. of marketing based on that kind of approach. Just don't, don't create the oracle, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, don't create an oracle. Yeah, well, it gets back to this idea of, I think the reason people are tempted to do that is because they're looking for a score and they're not thinking about it as an engagement strategy, right? So right. am I engaging with my end users based on what they're telling me or am I engaging with my decision makers based on what they're telling me? I think it comes back to that, doesn't it? Yeah, and if I, I, I like, you know, the, I like that you like that quote, the what I said earlier about, um, you know, if they're important enough to ask for their feedback, then they're important enough to follow up in some way, in some way, right? But yeah, so, yep. so um, un understanding that engagement strategy—that's what I'm latching onto. You said, you know, this understanding the sentiment does define how you should engage with them because right the way you would interact with a promoter or a high scoring account is totally different right than i mean a high scoring account should be receptive to upsell cross sell messages to expansion right to to new use cases to references testimonials all that good stuff detractor account not going to do any of that right low scoring account um so the way you engage yeah. with them is is got to be totally different all based on this four pieces of sentiment right high, high mid low silent yep uh, yeah. yep so uh, the persona thing, I think, super important because I think a lot of times what happens, and, and pardon me if I'm going off on too big of a tangent, but the sales guy will develop relationships with a buying committee, right? That group of people that are making the decision. After the deal closes, it goes over to the CSM, and the CSM oftentimes has no relationship with those people. And most of the time, what we see, those contacts are not even in Salesforce. They don't know who they are, they, right? So that handoff between sales and CS 
right? Just do some basic blocking and tackling, please, right? Get the contacts in Salesforce, have a quick discussion yeah. about who's who, um, and then it just becomes a lot easier to maintain to and, and uh, understand the relationship. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.